Knickknacks, episode 12. Merzidotes. I was thinking of all the animals I remember. There was a cow named Bones, I think. I know her name started with the letter B, and at the age I was, I probably didn't associate it with her skinniness. I know Dad considered Bones, I'm going to stick with that name, as a good milk producer. And one day, Bones had a calf. Boy, was I surprised. Bones hadn't even gone to the hospital. The calf, like her mother, became a great milk producer as well. Dad named her B.D. for Bones' daughter. We had a team of workhorses when I was very small. One was named Pet and the other Bill. They no longer worked regularly on our farm, but I remember them in full harness several times. At least once, Dad hitched them up for a task that only a team of horses could do, such as pulling a stuck tractor out of the mud in the field waterway. One snowy day, Dad borrowed a sleigh from a neighbor. I suppose he used the horses to go get them. His purpose was to give my brother and me the experience of riding in a horse-drawn sleigh on the snow. I remember being all bundled up and riding over this white, powdery snow. It was exhilarating, although I don't think I probably would have thought of the word exhilarating because I was only four or five years old. There's a snapshot of me. You know that kind of snapshot with the ruffled white edge around it? There was a snapshot of me sitting on Pet, or maybe it was Bill. I remember being excited about riding that horse, but when my dad lifted me up to sit on the horse's back, I was so disappointed to find that the back was so wide that my legs stuck straight out, just like I was sitting on the floor. Then I realized how big those horses really were. They weren't riding horses, and they had very wide backs. Dad's friend Charlie left his team at our farm before the end of their lives, and I suppose it was to have easier access to watch over them. Their names were Sparkplug and Jack. They were also the kind of horses that had wide, strong bodies for pulling wagons and farm equipment. Dad called them workhorses, so I don't know if they were a particular breed or not. I don't know what happened to Sparkplug, but Jack died on our farm. Now, if you're squeamish, turn the volume down for a few seconds. After Jack died... He was left in the hog yard for a few days, and then it was much easier to move his carcass and get it loaded onto the dead animal truck from the rendering plant. I think Dad sold Pet and Bill to a farm not very far from where I live now. Of course, they're gone now. I vaguely remember dogs. We had a Spitz dog named Sport. But he became cross when I got a little bit older and my dad had to give him up. 
When I was five or six, we got an English shepherd, which I called my dog so often that we got another dog that was called my brother's dog. That dog was a rat terrier. He named him Pete. My dog, Brownie, was a good dog and a good friend for the little kids. But Pete, also very friendly, decided it would be fun to chase the cars that drove by on the country road that bordered our farm. Brownie soon decided to join in the fun. Within a short time, Brownie got run over and she died. I was devastated. The cars didn't go by so fast that they could hit a young alert dog, so my parents were puzzled how that had happened. Brownie was big enough for a driver to notice if he hit her. Within a few days, Pete was back chasing a tractor, and we saw that the man on the tractor was chasing Pete. Dad wanted to see it before approaching the tractor driver, but he didn't have time. Pete was run over very soon after, and of course he also died. Shortly after those horrible experiences, we got Bozo, who was part some kind of shepherd and a lot of other things. But we knew he was shepherd because that was what he did best. When my dad was older and lived on his acreage, he got a little dog at a sale barn in a neighboring town. After he paid for and picked up the dog, a little boy came up to him and said, Are you going to take care of my dog? Dad said, I sure will. I'll take the best care of him ever. Did you have a name for your dog? And the little boy answered, Yes, it's Rambo. <laughs> I think that's the last name my dad would ever give a dog, but he stuck to it. Rambo was some kind of terrier. He wasn't very big, maybe around 20 pounds. He had long hair, and it was brown and black, scruffy colored, and he had been outside his whole life. One day when Dad phoned, he said he was going to have to take Rambo to the vet. I said, what happened? And Dad said, well, I got up this morning and I went in the garage and discovered that overnight Rambo had had a kitten. <laughs> he loved playing with that kitten. He kept it around for about three months, and then the cat grew up and ran off. Apparently, Rambo had found a litter of kittens out in a field or ditched somewhere. Dad said they weren't pets of anyone because they weren't very tame. They were actually a pretty much on the wild side. After that, every spring, Rambo would go out and rescue a kitten to take home as a playmate. Dad lived along a paved road that connected two towns. One year, he told me he saw a car driving out of his place, and out of curiosity, he noted that the license plate was in the same county he lived in. When he got out of the car at his house, Rambo didn't come to meet him. Rambo had been stolen. Dad said he wasn't too worried because he thought the dog wasn't more than 15 miles away and he might come back home. Soon enough, a few days later, Rambo showed up. He had had a bath, he had had his hair combed and his face trimmed with a little mustache. And other than that, he seemed just like always. 
It happened again three more times over the next three years. The third time, Dad said, I'm afraid Rambo is gone. I said, how do you know that? Dad said, Rambo has really bad arthritis. He's losing his eyesight and he's deaf. He just won't make it home. He didn't. What kind of a person steals an old man's dog? When I was very young, we lived on a farm in a house with an addition, which became the kitchen. For some reason, the kitchen was built off the ground. My father, after consultation with his uncle, who was a retired house builder, took it upon himself to set concrete blocks around and partly under that addition before winter. It was cold in the wintertime. Dad worked and worked and worked on those blocks. Sometimes he was moving them around when he was on his stomach. Sometimes he lay on his back to get them set just right. Most of the time he was kneeling trying to get them in place. Finally he was finished. Early the next morning, we got up and we heard, Meow, meow, meow. Dad jumped up from the breakfast table and went outside and tried to count the kittens. He kept coming up one short. So he ended up on his knees again, scraping out the cement that was almost dry and pulling a block or two out. As soon as the hole was open, the mama cat came rushing around the corner and dove into the hole on her three legs, eventually coming out carrying the kitten in her mouth. The kitten was already good size, and so the mother ended up dragging her part of the way. Dad got the blocks reset, and I heard my mother joke with him, saying, Are you sure you didn't leave a skunk in there or something? The mother cat was a very good cat. When she was young, my older cousins Carol and Bob from Omaha, who stayed with us for a couple of weeks every summer, named her Harka. I don't know where they got that name. She was a fantastic mouser, and she also kept other pesty wild animals away from the house. When she wasn't busy with kittens, she would go out into the field or roadside looking for mice. She disappeared for a couple of days one time in the late winter, and Dad wondered where she was. Later, she came up to him, and Dad saw that someone had shot her, perhaps accidentally, through the front leg. He watched her for a few weeks and saw that she was really getting along quite well, but the leg was a problem that was, had been shot. So he took her to the vet, and they decided to amputate her leg. My brother and I waited outside in the waiting room, and Dad came and got us. He told us that Dr. Weatherly would allow us to watch the operation. Dad said we had to be very quiet, and if we didn't like watching, we should just quietly leave and go back to the waiting room. We didn't leave. We got to watch the entire surgery. At one point, Dr. Weatherly showed us Harka's heart beating within the incision. She recuperated very well. She'd already been walking on just three legs, and so that wasn't a problem. What was remarkable was that five days after the surgery, she had a litter of eight kittens. She cared for them just as well as she had cared for earlier litters. 
I do not like chickens. I know some chickens are pretty and even beautiful, but I've never liked them. I know that will come as a surprise for people in our region that enjoy our chicken show, but chickens are untrainable, nasty, have claws, and have a pecking reflex that hurts. In addition, chicken poop is ugly, smeary, and chickens have bugs in their feathers, mainly lice. They have to be treated for lice a lot. One of these days, I'll talk about how to put on a chicken show, but not now. My brother had a pet rooster named Stumpy. The problem with pet roosters is that they get mean. For an entire summer, I could be attacked by Stumpy every time I walked by him. I think he was eventually dinner. After we moved to a different house, my mother started teaching. She brought home baby chicks one spring that had hatched in her classroom. Each year, she would have chickens hatch from incubated eggs, and the students would usually take the baby chicks home after they watched them for a couple of days. But Mom had two unclaimed ones that she brought back to the house. My brother was playing with them almost constantly that night, and the next morning he took them out of the box they were in and was playing with them near the furnace register. It was an old-fashioned register with a fleur-de-lis iron serving as the grate. It wasn't all that great because the baby chick fell through it. Mom asked Dad what he wanted for supper, and he laughed and said, Chicken! I think the idea was that we wouldn't smell the chicken that had fallen into the furnace. We didn't smell it. We heard it. Beep! Beep! As we sat eating supper, we listened to the chicken peep away, thinking about the poor thing lost down there. Dad said, I hope I can locate where that baby chick is, but because it will die without food and water. Luckily, he found where the chick could get close enough to the food and water that Dad put it down for it. Of course, he wouldn't come to Dad. Dad would have to go get it. He said, tomorrow I'll figure out how to get it out. It turned out that the chicken had fallen into the cold air shaft and was down near the floor in the basement, behind, of course, a cement wall. My poor dad worked all day because he said he couldn't stand to hear a baby chick starve to death. All of us but dad had gone to school that day. I don't know what happened to the baby chick after it was rescued. I assume it went to somebody's house on the farm, maybe one of mother's cousins, because the other chicken went along too. We also had ducks and geese. The ganders would hiss and even bite if you got too close to them. I was helping Dad catch them to take them to the fair, and I grabbed one too low on its neck. He simply twisted his neck and bit me right above the elbow. My mother, however, would feed the meanest gander right out of her hand. You know, I, I texted my brother right before I did this and said, what was the name of that gander that mother fed? And my brother had the answer. He said the gander's name was Willie. And the gander's wife was Millie. Well, <laughs> who, 
knew that geese got married, and what kind of animal would marry them? I suppose some kind of pastoral animal. Or maybe a holy moly. I could say that I don't like pigs either, but that would be unfair. I don't know pigs. I am, to this day, terrified of them. I was told many times how dangerous a sow with pigs could be, and not ever being sure which ones were sows with pigs. I just avoided everything but the little pigs in a pen by themselves. The start of this fear was when I was in church at about the age of four years old. I saw a man with a badly mangled ear. I can picture everything. We were seated second row from the back, right along the aisle of the pew. Mom, me, my brother, and Dad. The man was in the pew in front of us, just in front of Dad. Mother was wearing a lavender dress with purple swirls in it, like drapes, I thought, and the dress was shiny. It was probably rayon. I whispered a question to my dad, who didn't answer, and then to my mom, asking what had happened to the man's ear. Both mom and dad looked at one another, and dad shrugged, perhaps indicating might as well tell the truth. My mother whispered back, a pig ate his ear off. Oh, no, oh, awful, oh, oh. After we had our first child, a friend who had been raised in Omaha invited me to her house on the farm for coffee. She had a toddler the same age as mine, about a year and a half. My friend said, let's go see the baby pigs. I assumed there was a pen somewhere with weaned pigs, but we went directly to an outside yard with a couple of sows and their very little pigs. Of course, they were cute. My friend let her little girl stand on the manger, or the feed shelf, where she leaned over the fence to look down at the baby pigs. I don't make it a practice to yell at my friends, but I did hear. I actually shouted, Pick up that baby right now! My friend stared at me, and so I added, perhaps with a little hyperbole, If a baby falls into a pen with a saw and her baby pigs, the sow will eat the baby. She did as I asked. And she actually was very friendly. The next time I saw her, she said she'd asked her husband if what I said was true. And he said, yes, it could be true. So she thanked me. There are other stories about animals, and perhaps they'll occur to me again from time to time. I won't be telling stories about goats or sheep, however, not because I don't like them or because I do like them, but because we never had them on the farm. I suppose that's bad. This is Jane Nelson O'Leary. Thank you so much for listening. I invite you to return again for other knickknacks that are stored in the shelves of my mind.